An interesting discussion I'm really looking forward to here. We keep hearing about artificial intelligence right now. It's the wave of the future, and we're already seeing it being implemented in some ways, primarily through algorithms and the way that you know, social media is manipulated and all the rest. So it's definitely a growing industry. And lots of, you know, in Alberta, when we talk about the growing tech sector, a lot of it is centered around artificial intelligence. It's a growth economy. There's no doubt about it. But it comes with them concerns too, right? I mean, there's some things we need to be um, sort of aware of. So we're going to have a chat about the security and some of the issues around artificial intelligence. We're going to chat with Sarah Mazrahi, who is a PhD in law candidate at the University of Ottawa. Sarah, did I say that right? Yes, you did. Excellent. All right. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a really interesting discussion. We're going to be talking about artificial intelligence violating human rights. So explain that to us. What are we talking about? Do we have examples of artificial intelligence already violating some people's human rights? Uh, there are so many. I, uh, you know, it's used in healthcare, for example, uh, to detect skin cancers. And it's, it's really useful in the sense that it can often detect uh, the condition before a doctor might be able to. But at the same time, it's not always accurate, and it's proven to misdiagnose patients with darker skin color as cancer-free when that isn't really the case. So they don't get, you know, the health care assistance that they need. Uh, facial recognition is used in everyday context that can also be harmful. Uh, we hear often how it's used by police, but it's also used in schools that, to monitor how attentive children are in class in ways that constantly scrutinize what, what they feel and what they think and in, invade their private thoughts. Uh, during COVID, it's been used to monitor students taking online tests to make sure they're not cheating, but sometimes wrongly assessing their behaviors in ways that affect their grades. Um, and one that we often hear a lot of talk about is the kind of mass surveillance that AI enables. Right. It tracks us across our use of the Internet, our connected devices, our smartphones, Fitbits, smart fridges. And even if we have nothing to hide, the use of this information in different ways can negatively impact us. Uh, our personal data is, for instance, sold to insurance companies to determine whether we should be eligible for coverage, how much we exercise, what kinds of foods we stock in our fridge, the nature of our lifestyle in general. This is data that wouldn't otherwise be readily available to insurance companies, but that's now being used to determine whether we should be eligible for insurance. Um, other times it's you know, sold to potential employers to help them decide whether to hire us. They're, the uses of, uh, of the information that's uh, made available through mass surveillance can sometimes impact us even if we have nothing to this episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Well, exactly. And I think that's part of the issue. I mean, it is so pervasive. It is so widespread. And is it is part of the shortcomings with artificial intelligence, at least at this stage of its development, the fact that it's really broad based, right? Like it, it can't really be niche. Like you're saying, it, it can't adapt for skin color. It can't adapt for this. It can't adapt for that. It doesn't have that human component. It doesn't have the nuance. Is that part of the problem? Um, that is partially the problem. Also part of the problem is the 
information that it's that that it's trained on isn't always as uh, well rounded as it should be. Sometimes because that information just isn't available. Um, for example, if we're talking about uh, detecting cancer. Uh, there's a lot more information um, about uh, cancer in light-skinned people than mm-hmm. there is in darker-skinned people. So it's also a matter of trying to get that data so that the AI can be efficient for people of all skin colors. When we talk about, you know, potential violations of human rights that AI may get itself into, are the companies that deploy this artificial intelligence, are they not in some way responsible? I mean, we know that if you're, if you're running a business of any other kind, you can't violate somebody's human rights. Um, do these AI companies not have to meet the same standards? Um, so most companies don't generally depend. The, the human rights that, that we have that are protected are, are only protected against government intrusion. So most of the time we think that, you know, our human rights uh, are, are, get, are protected across the board, but that isn't necessarily the case. A, a lot of companies now are trying to, you know, m- develop these technologies more ethically with, you know, human, with an eye to human rights and uh, how that affects people. But there is no real obligation to do that, which is why we need concrete regulations to ensure that those those elements are, that are human rights are protected. Yeah, so what do we need to do? I mean, how do we go about addressing this? Obviously, it's an issue. So one thing that's really important is making sure that the general public is aware yeah. of the potential risk. A lot of the times, these technologies are presented as being very convenient, but we don't really know much about the flip side. Um, and so that makes it difficult for people to make free and informed choices about whether they're willing to give up their human rights just to have uh, access to these conveniences. Uh, another aspect in order for that to be possible is that companies developing these technologies have to be more transparent about you know, what the potential effects are, at least where they're aware of them, uh, what kind of information is used, um, how that might impact different people of different populations. And um, part of them being able to know how to do that is through rigorous testing before it's actually deployed onto the market. Are we behind? Typically, when we talk about technology and things like this, we're usually playing a game of catch-up rather than being in front of this. Are we sort of in the same position now when it comes to AI? You mean in terms of developing regulations? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I would say that we've possibly are, but there is still time to address the issue before things get too out of hand. Okay. So it's not a lost cause. Um, Sarah, thank you so much for your time this morning. I really appreciate you joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure chatting with you. Yeah, great discussion. Sarah Mizrahi is a PhD and in law candidate at the University of Ottawa.